We are live from the living room. I'm Blake Anderson. And I'm Colton Countryman. Today we're going to be talking about the Astros and Dodgers clearing the benches, Jamal Adams trade. We're going to talk about the NFL Top 100, Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, and QB position battles heating up around the league. Send it over to you, Blake, for the MLB. Yeah, so starting off with the MLB, uh, started with the Verlander, tr- the Verlander injury. Uh, it was suspected that he could be out for the entire year, but he's actually just going to be out for just a matter of weeks. It's a sore forearm, but what that pretty much means for the Astros, because there was already uncertainty after him and Grinky, um, it kind of puts the Astros in limbo, really. I mean, they only for their offense, there was only two guys who are really producing right now in Brantley and Correa, surprisingly Correa. And um, – so, yeah, I just think there's a lot of young pitchers that they have in the bullpen and, and in the lower leagues. I just – I don't know. I don't see the Astros being too much of a threat. Yeah. And um, what do you think about that, Colton, with the Verlander injury? I agree. I think it's an unfortunate loss for them. But I think in a couple of weeks they'll, they'll welcome him back and, and he'll get back to his normal form and, and pick up right where he left off. And obviously it will be a, a great – Great welcome back for the, the Astros and their pitching rotation. Yes, I agree. And also more notably with the Astros is the more and more as the season goes on, the more and more you're starting to see pitchers target certain players. And notable on um, July 28th, Astros-Dodger game, um, pitcher Joe Kelly for the Dodgers um, targeted Carlos Correa, almost hitting him in the head. And also talking a lot of um, – had some words to say after that shall not be said on here for the podcast, but said some said some words, and the bench is cleared. It was a lot. And Joe Kelly ends up with a, a suspension of eight games. I think I think that was a good action taken by the MLB. Uh, putting putting a stop to that, you know, you, you definitely don't want players – the, the league's going to go around that, you know, these pitchers are, are going to be targeting Astros. Um, just mad about the the cheating incident during their World Series run. I think this is a good way to kind of put a stop to it. You know, you don't you don't mess around with it when it comes to injury, you know, and a, a ball being thrown at your head at 100 miles per hour is, is not good. I don't, you know, I don't care what happened. Um, I, I just think that it's unacceptable. And then the bench is clearing too. I would expect to see some more suspensions because that, that caused a big issue with the MLB is, you know, the, the whole no fighting rule as part of their social distancing. Um, you, you know, you're not supposed to be fighting or clearing the benches and that happened. They, they really want to eliminate any possible uh, cases from, from breaking out where, you know, you have these benches cleared, people are in each other's faces. You can you can really spread the virus that way if anyone has it who doesn't know. So I, oh, I think yeah. there there might be a couple more suspensions for some players just to kind of help uh, promote not fighting and show that there is going to be action taken if you do and uh, that the MLB is not going to mess around with something like that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think they probably should actually be a little more strict and more and take more precautions, uh, more disciplinary, disciplinary actions just towards it because I feel like what they did, yeah, it was good, it was a start, but I think it's still going to happen, it's still going to be continued. But we'll see with that. And um, so yeah, back to the MLB news: the Marlins and Phillies 
all their their games are postponed till Monday, and uh, due to COVID, Marlins actually now with 17 players positive. And most recently, the Cardinals as well have been postponed, and it's been extended due to COVID. And so there's actually been talk about um, canceling the league, shutting it down with these noticeable cases happening. And um, it's I know it's in talks right now. The man, the Rob Manfield says that it's he wants to keep it going. But, Colton, how long do you think that they're actually going to be able to keep this going if COVID cases continue to rise at MLB? I think right now that they just need to stay the course and, and – reevaluate this as the season goes and maybe come up with a backup plan now. I mean, I think as it stands right now, there is definitely a question on are they going to be able to finish the season? Um, you know, like you said, 17 players tested positive uh, and, you know, that, that's only going to go up. I, I don't think the MLB has exactly done enough. I think they – they are, they are going to need to take a step back and, and reevaluate some things about their procedures and, and maybe add in a couple new rules. But as it stands right now, they, they've, they're probably just, like I said, are going to go forward as planned. But I think you're going to continue to see a spike in cases and, and more and more people are going to be getting it or opting out to finish the season. So MLB needs to come up with something quick, at least to keep in their back pocket. Um, just kind of moving forward in case that that question does come back around are, are they going to be able to finish the season? Yeah, no, I agree. I think they should start kind of well, personally me. I feel like the NBA kind of did it the right way. And I think if there's another sport that could actually do a bubble, it would be the MLB. And I think if they were smart, they would start making, those arrangements right now if they're going to actually get through the season in my opinion I agree um in other news uh Alyssa Nacken was named the first full-time female coach in MLB history it's great for the sport and great for women looking forward to doing that as a career really a good mm -hmm. stepping stone for them and also showing that you know women can can coach in the MLB too it's I think it's a really great opportunity for her. And like I said, great for the sport in general. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think you're going to see a big growth in that in the next few years, really. And, um, yeah, so to wrap up the MLB uh, news, <clears throat> we're going to talk about and discuss after now the season has just now started up, um, power rankings. I think that's something that everyone loves to talk about and everyone has their own opinions on. Um, we got some teams that have impressed, some teams that have disappointed. Um, personally, me, I have my top ten right here. Um, the World Series champs, Nationals, I actually have them ranked 10th. And then Braves at 9, Cubs at 8, Rockies at 7, Indi or Astros at 6, Dodgers at 5, um, Indians at 4, Rays at 3, Twins at 2, and Yankees at 1. And um, – Red, honestly, so I have my top three that disappointed. And number one is the Red Sox, you know, contenders, winners of the World Series within the past few years and kind of non-existent right now. And uh, Cubs bullpen. Cubs bullpen's been absolute trash. They've been posing a 9.64 ERA and a 21.1% walk rate. And then also, because of everything going on with the Astros, I 
I put them as a disappointment. You know, this is kind of their year to prove everybody wrong. And the offense hasn't has kind of been spotty. And the pitching has been not what it used to be. We miss you, Garrett Cole. Um, I do want to chime in. Seven. I also uh, put the Astros on a disappointment list. I think I agree with exactly what you said, you know. This is the year that they have to prove everyone wrong to prove that they they can get back to where they were after this cheating scandal happened. And I think they've so far have underperformed and, and have not met expectation at all. I mean, they're they're still in a in a power ranking top ten for generally across the board across media rankings, but I, I think people expected a lot more of them and to be a consistent top three, especially with their their pitching rotation was it's still top five in, in the in the league um and they just really haven't produced and and I think that they've they're kind of they haven't silenced any haters yet and they're they're going to need to prove themselves even more now they're they're just kind of mm-hmm. making themselves in a deeper hole so let me ask you this question to get the whole question stirred up how much was did the cheating help the Astros <laughs> oh boy uh have I don't seen think it helped a lot. I, I remember looking back. Um, this is something maybe we can we can dive into at a later date or yeah. I'll bring up a question in Q and A Q&A on Facebook. But I remember seeing during that 2017 uh, season. I want to say they they had a better road record than at home. Isn't that right? Like, I mean, you can't they can't be doing that out on the road. So obviously they can still perform away. I, I don't I don't think it helped too much. But I mean. I think it definitely assured them some wins. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, and too, back in 2017, they they had quite a they had a pretty decent pitching staff as well, a lot better than what they have right now. Oh, their their 27 2017 pitching rotation too was legendary. I, I know that was probably one of the best that we've seen in, in recent memory. I still miss Charlie Morton for the Astros. Man, he was a hero. They could have signed him too, but they didn't. But moving on, um, the, to finish off the MLB, I have my top three teams that actually who've been quite impressive this year. Um, and number one leading off is I, Tampa Bay Rays, man. I think they look pretty dang good. And um, the Rockies as well. The Rockies are coming on very, very strong. I don't know how, how well they're going to be able to keep it going, but personally me, I mean, if they can build off what they started doing at the beginning of the season, they can do very well. And then uh, ended off with the Cleveland Indians. They're looking pretty solid as well, very consistent. So, And uh, I'll chime in with my most impressive for me is the uh, really lead in the MLB is them Texas Ranger unis, those powder blues. <laughs> those are solid uniforms. Rangers, great choice. Give someone in marketing a promotion. That, that was a great uniform combo that they debuted to start their season, and, and it was a really a great choice to go with them. It kind of reminds me of those uh, Los Angeles Charger powder blues, you know. They had a oh, yeah. color palette. Really I was going to bring it back to the, the Oilers, man. <laughs> yeah? Hey, that's a or, legendary color. You wear that color. You got to – Or Tennessee Titans, those powder blues too. We're not bringing up the Titans, man. <laughs> We'll talk about it later. We got it. We got a couple players to talk about at the Titans, but heading over now to the NFL breaking news last week, Jamal Adams safety out of the New York jets was traded to Seattle Seahawks. 
Now, last year's Seattle Seahawks defense ranked 26 in total defense, but he'll be joining notable players, uh, linebacker Bobby Wagner, safety Quandre Diggs, and cornerback Shaquille Griffin. Uh, there's also potential of Jadavian Clowney to return to Seattle. And you have to think, too, if you're Clowney right now, you're one, he's, he's the hottest name on the free agency market for sure. And he's sitting here. We're in August now. The NFL season is expected to start here in a month and a half or so. And he, he needs a team. He needs to start training camp, camp somewhere. And you have to think now he's – he rejected offers from the Browns and the Jets. Cowboys turned down interest from him. Um, his price tag's probably too high. Look, he's looking around $20 million a year. I, I don't think that exactly matches his production. Um, but you, you have to be him thinking right now, should I be going back to Seattle? And I definitely think he should. I think if you go back there, you know, you – he enjoyed his, his season there. He, he said he liked it and would be willing to go back. Uh, he knows the system and the players. And now with Jamal Adams coming over, that has to draw interest from him even more because they could be forming the Legion of Boom again over there, you know? What do you think about it? I think it's, um, <clears throat> it's more of a mini-boom. I don't know. A mini-boom because I, I don't think you can replicate what the Legion of Boom was and what the Legion of Boom did. I mean, certainly, though, Jamal Adams is going to elevate that team. And let's be honest, adding Jadavian Clowney to it, I mean, on paper, that's a solid defense. That's a top five defense all over the board. It really is. But you can't replicate what the Legion of Boom was, in my opinion. I think you have Jamal Adams, and I think that's personally me. And I, I think that's your – He's like a one piece. Like he's kind of his own mini boom himself compared to the other three guys that are going to be starting this alongside of him. Don't get me wrong. Those guys are good. But Jamal Adams is on a whole other level. Legion of boom guys were on a whole other level. I agree. I, I think Jamal Adams is one of the base, best safeties in the NFL right now. And I think him going over there definitely elevates their defense. I mean, 26 in total defense last year is pretty atrocious. Uh, I think that is. I think bringing in Jamal Adams, they had a couple notable free agency signings too, uh, kind of bolstering their pass rush a little bit. And also if they get Javon Clowney back, that'll help as well. But you know their expectations, as with any team, is going to be the best team. But I think they're going to be definitely looking at trying to have a top five defense next year. But looking at who they've added, who they have now, what do you think is a reasonable expectation for the Seattle D? in 2020 from an outside perspective, kind of an unbiased situation? I mean, so think about it. What they what they were able to do last year as a team, you know, they still went really deep in the playoffs, even with the 26th um, pass rush. Um, well, pass defense. Total. And, um, huh? Total defense. Yeah, total defense. Mm-hmm. And my bad. Um, <laughs> it's a mistake. Uh, so, I think if you improve their defense, and personally me, defense wins football games. You can have a solid offense, but if you're letting other teams score right back, I mean, what does that really do for you? Um, so, the ability to shut out an opponent's um, <clears throat> offense is, is crucial. And so, bringing in Adams and the possibility of bringing in Jadavian, who – yeah, if he comes back, he always has familiar 
he's already familiar with the defense and what they do and the teammates that are already there. It's already a pretty good front seven there for them. And so, um, man, I think, I think you're looking at taking the division. I think you're looking at NFC championship for sure. I think that's a hands down. Give me if, if they can um, build off, with what they put in the free agency and all have it come together. I really do think they can. And I don't think the Seattle offense is really a question. I know uh, Russell Wilson really carried, carried that offense a lot of the season. I think that that's why they made it as deep into the playoffs as they did uh, was because of his ability to put the team on the back and, and, and his ability to, to lead, but he, he has a couple, uh, you know, deep threats, uh, DK Metcalf at receiver, and a deep, decent offensive line. So I think that question on how far can the Seahawks go is, isn't going to be on the offense. It's going to fall on the defense. So I think Seahawks bringing in Adams really helps answer that question and takes away some of that pressure. Um, I think they're obviously going to continue looking around free agency. Maybe they make another blockbuster trade. But but right now that that question gets a little bit – less important or that that need becomes a little smaller uh, oh yeah Seahawks defense so uh other news uh NFL released the top 100 the other day and this is voted on by the players for clarification it's a list of uh top 100 players in the NFL and we are looking through the list we're not we're not going to go through the whole thing uh we do have a a few players we want to kind of talk about um in their rankings if they were too high too low or fair and also a couple people who missed out uh for me demarcus lawrence not making the top 100 was ridiculous i think he's one of the definitely better pass rushers in the nfl and i'd put him in the top 100 personally i think he he's he puts that pressure on the quarterback i understand that he kind of had a down 2019 season and at times the Cowboys defense wasn't great but I still think he's a top 100 player no I I agree with that actually he he's a game changer he's a game wrecker maybe his numbers didn't show last year for it but I think he deserved to be in the top 100 for sure and another one to name is uh bear safety Eddie Jackson I think I think he he got snubbed too I would have put him in the probably the in the 90s range to high 80s. But, I mean, personally, I, I would think he deserved to be in there. He's a baller at safety, in my opinion. Looking at number 94 on the list now, Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey. I thought that that was way too low for him. I thought he, he's one of the best centers in the league, one of the best offensive linemen. He needs to be higher than that. I mean, I think that him falling to – 94 is in really a, a position <laughs> uh, stance. Like, you know, I think centers don't get enough credit for mm. for how much that they do, and especially offensive line in general. You know, I think that this list, again, was made by by NFL players on how impactful and, and grading other players. I, I don't know if you're going to – you know, if you think best players in the NFL, you're going to think of quarterbacks, receivers, safeties, you know, those playmakers – I think offensive line tend to be overlooked. Um, you know, like if you're playing bad and you need to create a character, you're probably playing as a quarterback. You're not going to play as an offensive lineman, even though you can't. But 
I, I just think it's it's an undervalued position and it's too low of a ranking for him. He he needs to be higher than that. Oh yeah, I agree. Offense gets snubbed mostly mostly every year actually in the top one hundred. There's a lot of good guys out there. Some guys who are very, very athletic deserve to be higher on the list. But uh coming in at number ninety two, now Philadelphia Eagles new cornerback, Darius Slay. Now, personally me, Darius Slay, he's a baller at the cornerback position. He, he slays. One of the better huh? He slays. He slays, dude. There you go. But for real though, the dude's good, man. And he's personally me, he's he's a he's a top ten, top five corner in my opinion, in the league. And I think that was too low of a ranking for him. I think he should have been at least 50 or below, personally. He's a a really good guy, really good player. I don't know him as a guy. I never met him. but (laughs) (laughs) I can't speak about him personally (laughs) or professionally. (laughs) And then also – Number 91, uh, you have Atlanta Falcons defensive lineman Grady Jarrett. Yeah, Grady Jarrett is another on the defensive side of the ball, man. He's a very undervalued defensive lineman for the Atlanta Falcons. And most people probably don't even know who the guy is, but the guy, is, he's Rex, man. He plugs the holes really well. He gets after the quarterback. He gets after the running back. He's always around the football, man. He's he's very good. I thought – I mean, personally, me, he could have been ranked probably maybe 20 spots higher, 15, 20 spots higher, I think would have been a solid – spot for him for the top 100. So number 87 was Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. And that to me is too high of a ranking. He doesn't need to be in the top 100. If you look at look, that, I think they had about eight or nine quarterbacks in the, in this top 100. So you're telling me that he's a top 10 quarterback. Right. No. Right. <laughs> no, he's not. He, he has no business being in here. I, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Dude, he just now learned how to throw a football the right way last year. I mean. <laughs> the power does not have the accuracy. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. He's, he's a project. They, don't get me wrong. He elevated his game a lot this year. And he probably will with Stephon Diggs now as wide receiver. But, no, man. I'm sorry, dude. Um, we are exiled from the top 100. <laughs> get out of here. Life in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> we have decided it's official number 80 cleveland browns defensive end miles garrett probably bias here but that is a load of bull he in my opinion is one of the best defensive ends in all of football absolutely ridiculous to have him at number 80 now the question is are players basing that off of last year's incident? He only played eight games, you know, due to swinging the helmet at Mason Rudolph because he deserved it. Um, <laughs> but how how much of that do you think impacts his fall? Because last year he was what forty two, forty three. So he was he was in the forties. He he, right. he doubled his his ranking. Mm-hmm. And how how much of that do you think is because of that incident? Well, first of all, I got to get the image out of my head of him smacking Kyle Rudolph with the helmet. Um, it's every time I blink, it's in my head. Um, but no, I, I think it completely has to do with the incident. It completely has to do with him not playing a full season. I mean, I think a lot of these rankings are based off of stats and numbers and what you do. 
and who you are as a person. I really do. I think there's a lot of biased opinions when it comes to it. Miles Garrett as a player, there's no denying it. The dude Rex, and is will is and will be one of the top DNs in the league for a long time. Um, at full season, like last season, if he would have had a full season, the dude probably would have been one of the top sack leaders, probably one of the top candidates maybe for the defensive player of the year. You know, oh, he was he was being talked about yeah. for defensive player of the year. He was having a really great season. I believe he was on par to break the sack record too. He had twenty sacks in eight games or ten sacks in eight games. That's that's pretty impressive. Twenty sacks in eight games, man. Yeah. <laughs> ten ten sacks in yeah, eight ten. Games. Well I was joking. Not with twenty. Not twenty. <laughs> <laughs> twenty give me a whore. Number sixty eight Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill, my boy, making his top 100 debut. It's a fair ranking. <laughs> Can't you guys tell how much Colton loves his A&M Aggies? I do. I do. The dude even got a Daniel House jersey for the Rockets, and he's a Mavericks fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Rockets beat the Mavericks, so. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Ugh. Nightmares. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, moving on to Ryan Tannehill now. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. That's that's a fair ranking for him. I mean, he came in comeback player of the year. He had a great season. I think if he had played the full season, he he was in talks. You know, he could he would have been in talks for MVP. I mean, he had a great 2019 season. Dude, yeah, what he did coming in there, and he he literally just remade his entire career of what he was going to be and who he was. I mean, even though you had lots of flashes at Miami with him, but when he came in for Tennessee and took over, honestly, I don't think there was a better quarterback out there, not named Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. He was, he was, he was probably the best quarterback out there. He was putting up grade A numbers. And, yeah, I agree. Full season of Ryan Tannehill last year, and you know, who, who knows what we'll see this year from him. But the dudes definitely was an MVP candidate with the numbers he was producing, putting that in a full season, hands down. I agree. But, yeah, the ranking for this year, 68, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. And, and one thing, too, that I really like is he it kind of shows you – or he's shown you what he should have been at Miami, you know. Right. And, and if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you have to be kicking yourself right now. You have to be hating that coaching staff for what they did to him. And, and a lot of other players, too, that have left Miami and, and have really outperformed expectations this year, especially – Ryan Tannehill getting comeback player of the year award. Great season for him and the Titans and looking forward to them and what they're going to do in 2020. Just not better than my Texans, man. That's all I ask. That's a little much to ask because I think, I think they will be, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll Number 58, see. Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, personally, me, I actually – I know a lot of people, it's a love-hate with Kirk Cousins. It's a lot of mixed views on Kirk Cousins. But in my opinion, 58, too high for him, man. I, I think actually I should, he should have been lower. I think he produced very good numbers this year. He was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I think, honestly, man, he, he should have been a lot higher on the list. Like closer, I mean, I, I, closer to 100. Huh? Closer to, to what? Closer to 100. I think he should have been around the maybe low 30s to high 20 range, personally. I think I think this goes back to exactly what I said for Josh Allen, personally. 
is he a top 10 quarterback? And for me, the answer is no. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think he is. And I don't think Kirk Cousins should have been in the top 100. I mean, I didn't look at the Vikings much last year. I saw a couple games, but to looking around the league, I, I don't think he was a top 10 QB. I think the numbers this year, this past year, I think for what he did, I think it shows for it. I really do. But, I mean, it's a year-to-year league, and Kirk Cousins is a year-to-year quarterback. So, we will see what he does this year. Personally, me, I think since Brett Favre, Vikings really haven't had that much luck anyways with quarterbacks. So They had Teddy Bridgewater, and they let him go. Had. Yeah, I know. Had. I was upset about that. Yeah. Teddy B, man. Can't be hating on Teddy B like that. He's such a nice guy. Oh, he's great. All right, number 50, Indianapolis Colts linebacker Darius Leonard. Okay, yeah, hands down, probably one of the most underrated defensive guys out there. The dude is crazy. He's, I think he's led the league like the last two out of the last three years in tackles. Um, for the, He's the inside linebacker for the Colts, man. And, dude, did he eat me – I'm a Texans fan, so I get to watch him twice a year at least. And I see what he does to us. I mean, side to side, not putting Bill O'Brien's play calling on us. But, yeah, Darius, Darius Leonard, man. I mean, the guy, he's a fantastic inside linebacker. Dude, I think he should have been placed at least maybe 15 spots higher than what he's at. I really do. Agreed. Uh, true. One of the best, you know, young defensive guys out there right now. Mm-hmm. Number 46. This one, it's close to home. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, one of the most overrated players in the NFL. He's over here asking for how many him how many a year? 40 million a year is what he's wanting 40 million. Yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. Dude's maybe 20, maybe 15 is good for him. 31.4 on his on next year's franchise tag is absolutely ridiculous. It's a greedy look. Look, I, I don't care. You can throw stats at me, but that dude is a game manager. I, I, I don't think he's 46. I think that – I don't even know if I put him in 100. I, I, I don't. I don't think that ranking was very well deserved, and I don't think what he's asking for was deserved. You know, he has one playoff win to his name. <laughs> That's true, man. Well, for the record, Deshaun has one playoff win to his name, too. But you see the quarterback difference. Deshaun balls out. Deshaun takes over. Dak, if he don't got Amari Cooper, it's done. If he doesn't have Amari Cooper or Ezekiel Elliott carrying the team on his back. Pretty much. If both of those players are out, Cowboys are taking an L. He he is going to go out there and win the game for them. They need Brandon Whedon again. Let's be honest. Let's not be honest because he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Brandon Whedon. Not, not the new quarterback. No. I think it was. I think he's he's lived up to or exceeded his expectations when they drafted him in the fourth round. He has. No, he. I. I, 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 I think you've reached the limit of what he's going to be. I agree. I don't think there's much more there. I don't know unless they they do something to make their defense astounding. I just I just don't know if with how much he's asking on that salary cap, if the Cowboys bite, they're not going to be able to bring in good players. I don't, I don't know if they're going to be going to a Super Bowl anytime soon because of that. No, 
I mean, they could try using him how Mississippi State used him back in college with a lot of more power runs and stuff. But in the NFL, the quarterback's not going to last long. Oh, if they'd open up a little RPOs for him, that'd be that'd be really good. But and they should. I mean, he has the will to do it. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll go out. Cowboys win a Super Bowl in twenty twenty. Hmm. Well, Maybe pigs will fly. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Hey, pigs fly, man. Maybe COVID will be gone too. <laughs> but moving on to actually number forty-five, actually staying here in Texas, we go to Houston Texans being JJ Watt. And uh, honestly, I think this is actually pretty fair for him not completing a whole season. It's a pretty fair ranking for him. I mean, I think JJ in a year where he actually stays healthy and does his thing, he's in the top ten, easy. But I think this was actually a pretty fair. Um, I think it's a fair ranking for him for this year. What do you think? I think so, too. Uh, my criticism of J.J. Watt, as you know, he's a great player, and when is healthy, is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. But he's not healthy all the time is the issue. Uh, and, I mean, we were, we were just talking about that before. Uh, his Madden rating is 98. You know, talent-wise, yeah, I mean, he, he's a great, great defensive player, but that he, he needs to stay healthy and he needs to get on that field because he, he is just wasting salary cap right now for how little he's playing. And he I, is, man. I, I'm going to piss off some, some Texans fans right here, but I have told you time and time again, as long as J.J. Watt is on the Texans, they are not winning a Super Bowl. Now, Deshaun Watson almost proved me wrong. <laughs> he's a great enough player where – he he almost willed him. He could have willed him. But I, I think also Bill O'Brien maybe being a coach to him. That's a whole other topic. But he, he's got to stay healthy to prove me wrong. He, he, and it's just something he has not been able to do the past couple of years. I mean, how how many games did he play two years ago? He played eight. This year he played ten or something like that. He had a full season. Not the past season, but the season before. And um, – Honestly, though, you know, they had an interview from him from a few days ago, and he actually says physically he's not felt this good probably since 2014, 2015, about when he's kind of just came into the league. He's like, well, with quarantine and everything, he hasn't done anything other than lift and get his body right, so maybe we'll have a healthy J.J. Watt and a renewed, refurbished 2014, 2015 version of J.J. Watt this year. But time will tell. If, if he can stay healthy and stay on the field, I agree. I think he's one of the best defensive players. I think he needs to be higher. He's worth his money and everything, but he has got to show that he can stay healthy, and he just has not done that the past couple seasons. Great guy. Yeah. Hey, man, he saved the city. Yeah, he does a lot. For <laughs> he does. He does. For the city, but – and that's the main reason why he will never be traded or anything. He will be here till the end of his career. I think what would be good for the Texans is maybe start offering him some when, – when, I don't know when his next contract is, is coming around or when this one expires, but start looking at incentive-based, you know, um, amount of games played, uh, stuff like that. Because oh, yeah. he's missing, way, like I said, way too much time for yeah. injuries. He is and he has. 
I think personally what's best for the Texans is they tank, we get Dabo, and we go take this shit. <laughs> tank for Dabo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people people want to tank for Trevor. You know what? You have Trevor. We're going to tank for Dabo. We're going to be different. <laughs> take the Dabo. Train. I like it. I like it. Throw that money. Number 41, talked about earlier, Jadavian Clowney, defensive end, free agent. <laughs> yes. As of now. Well, Overrated. Agreed. <laughs> I saw something since he's been in the league. He's only had 30, 31, 32 sacks. And, and he, yeah. he gets praised for being a pass rusher, but those are relatively low. No- Miles Garrett has 32 sacks, I think, and he's been in the league for three to four years less. Yeah, it's a few years less. Like, you, you cannot tell me he's an elite pass rusher if in seven, eight years he only has 30 sacks. Like, <clears throat> I will say this about J.D. from his time here in Houston. The dude does change the game. I mean, he may not show it for sacks, but for run defense, for plugging holes, for making big plays, the dude does stand out when he's healthy, which is not often. I mean, and, and personally, me, I mean, you're ranking a guy at 41. Dude, we replaced you with Whitney Merciless here at Houston. <laughs> and he produced five sacks, like three or four forced fumbles. I think he even had one or two interceptions. JD, what did you do? Like, what did he do? Well, he got ranked 41. Merciless should have been 41 if that's the case. Just throwing it out there, man. It's just because of his name. That's why he got ranked 41. He shouldn't have been on the list. Where's Brian Hoyer? <laughs> Brian Hoyer is on my third string QB seat right now. That's what he's <laughs> Gotta love them, what, 2014, 2015 Texans? <laughs> first dude, first play to start the season he throws an interception <laughs> i remember that i literally i cut the game off bro oh, i was done <laughs> all right we're gonna skip ahead uh down to number 17 san francisco 49ers defensive end nick bosa yeah who decided to put a rookie in the top 20 you need to go talk to the Madden ratings adjusters because they have it right. You don't put a, a rookie rating over 80, and you don't put a number 17 in the top 100. I agree. No. I mean, I don't get it. He, was, he was great this year. He was good. He was good. He will, honestly, I think he'll be better than his brother. Uh, I think he's, he is better than his brother. Who I just think he already is. Contract. We'll talk about. like TJ. <laughs> I think TJ Watts can be better than JJ, in my opinion. Because the longevity he'll be able to produce. Number-wise, stat-wise, at the end of their careers, he will be better. By the way, T.J. Watt, be looking at him for Defensive Player of the Year next year. He's a potential candidate. I agree. I'm getting scared, man. They're kind of forming. You know, they got the fullback. Watt is now over at Pittsburgh as well. So, who knows? Maybe J.J. J.J. says goodbye to Houston and goes – my prediction, J.J. will either go to Pittsburgh, be his bros, or he's going to go to Chicago because his wife's in Chicago. She got traded from the Houston soccer team to the Chicago soccer team this Dang. past offseason. 
Yeah. Mm. But I'm totally off topic there. But there is your fun fact. Fun fact of the day, everybody. <laughs> the more you know. Uh, skipping ahead, number 10, Tennessee Titans running back, Derek Henry. Great ranking for Derrick Henry, in my opinion. I mean, I know Tannehill came out and he balled out and had the season that he had uh, last year, but I don't think that he would have had as good of a season if it wasn't for Derrick Henry being unstoppable and really was completely unstoppable until the Chiefs figured out to go for his legs during the the (laughs) championship game. Um, They finally figured out how to stop him. But Derrick Henry last year, NFL leading rusher, deserves a top 10 spot. So – I think that's – I agree. Um, I think the dude – I mean, running backs don't last as long in the league, but Derrick Henry, what he is, he's just – the dudes are just a freak, man. Honestly, if I saw him running at me, I would take off running the opposite way or jump out of the way if I was a defender. The dude's massive. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a fair rating for him, and I expect him to be – around where he got rated this year and the next coming years, too. Man, you see that picture of him standing next to Mark Ingram during an Alabama game? It's just – Yeah, just towered him. This <laughs> isn't real, man. Dude's a monster. For real. We're going we're gonna to skip number four real quick, come back to that in a second, talk about number two, Russell <laughs> quarterback for Seattle Seahawks. What do you think about that? I think it's fair, but, you know, you get to those top few spots, man, and it could go either way with any one of those guys. Russell Wilson, since he's come into the league, even as a rookie, the dude looks like a veteran QB since since way back when. And the dude just continues to get better and better and be leaps and bounds better. And I mean, he's he's a good quarterback, dude. I think it's, it's he's top two top three on this list easy it's hard to put them though because you have so many of these great guys when you get down to this, these last few spots but hands down I think that's a good spot for him he's good he had a hell of a year especially for what he has around him again keep in mind this is a list put together by other players you know his peers and I think that that's something that they're gonna take into consideration is his leadership yes uh, also, as we said earlier, he basically carried the Seahawks as far as they did. You know, they, they would not have got there without him. I think he just completely balled out this year and was kind of an unsung hero that people didn't really pay much attention to because of their losses. But, you know, I think he he willed them to a couple wins. Um, and, again, I, I think – they're going to take a look at his leadership. He's a great leader on and off the field. I think he's very much a locker room guy. Um, I think number two is a little high for him. I, th- I think uh, I think he should I, – I don't know if I'd even put him in the top ten. I, I'd put him top Dude, ten. Dude, he's top ten. I'd put him top ten. I wouldn't put him top three. I don't know, man. The dude's good. The dude's real good. I mean, I mean, yeah, he's a top ten. I, obviously, he's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, but I mean, but I, I don't think, I don't think the two spot is for him. I think the two spot and the one spot belong to Patrick Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson. But 
NFL players do not view it that way. They viewed uh, Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl MVP, at number four. What do you think about that there? I think it's a big load of doo-doo. <laughs> Seriously. A half the a billion dude, dollar man, number four. The dude's unstoppable. Like, really. When you watch him play, like, there's not a throw he can make. He'll make a throw, and he's not even looking at the person he's throwing it to. And actually, this whole offseason, he got bored. He's trying to figure out new ways to throw the football. That dude's that good because he can do that. He's very good. Um, hands down, I do agree. I love Russell Wilson. But when you really think about Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, that's your top two guys in the league for sure. And that's going to be your top two guys in the league for many years to come. So that's who was number one was uh, MVP Lamar Jackson. Hmm. So that's that's been up for debate. Uh, Madden came out. He, Jackson was rated, I think, the number three or four quarterback. But he was this past season's MVP, had a great season. Hell of a against the Titans in the playoffs. Everyone expected it to be a Chiefs-Ravens AFC championship game. And I think between the two of them, it's it's definitely up for discussion. I mean, whenever you think of the NFL, there are the faces of the NFL. That That's who you think of. But I think Patrick Mahomes is, is the clear number one Super Bowl MVP, absolute cannon of arm, super cool, super accurate. Just I think, I think he's a little bit more of a game changer. And I think you also have to talk about fitting their systems. I think, you know, Lamar Jackson is definitely the best dual threat quarterback. Um, if you want yes. to talk about that, you know, his ability to get out of the pocket and, you know, create a play when there is none. Um, but that brings it up. I, my question to you is if you were an NFL GM, who was named a new GM of a team and said, hey, scrap this team. You can have any player in the league to start out with. Salary cap aside, not to talk about that. What player would you want to start out with to build the foundation of your team? Do you want it to be Patrick Mahomes or do you want it to be Lamar Jackson? And, again, it, it probably comes down to the, the system that you have, but what do you think? Dude, I mean, so – it does. It does come down to the sim, uh, to the system. But personally, me, what separates my decision between the two is back of the playoffs. I mean, Lamar flop, man. How many look the look at the comebacks? Like down twenty four zero against Houston. Patrick Mahomes wasn't sweating. Chiefs weren't sweating. You know, Patrick Mahomes literally took his team and drove them down all the way before halftime and actually had the lead already. And he did it again the following week down 17-0 to Tennessee. And, you know, you don't teach that. You don't teach that resiliency and stuff in somebody and the leadership that Patrick showed in those games. And even in the Super Bowl, he came back again. Like, I would definitely pick Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson to start my foundation for my team any day. That's a really good point, and I agree. I think that that's something you definitely have to take into consideration. You know, like we just said, First round, I mean, he had some he had some rust, but he lost first round of the playoffs to to the Titans, um, and just completely stalled. Looked very rusty, and I think that that says a little bit more about uh, 
Patrick Mahomes, like you said, that that he faced that adversary, he kept his composure and brought his team back. You know, I was playing NBA 2K20 earlier, and uh, the uh, announcers were talking about the NBA MVP voting last year. Uh, they weren't sure to pick Giannis or James Harden, and at the end, they they picked Giannis because of him what looking at their records what he was able to do to bring the Milwaukee Bucks to the best record in the league and so you know you have that question of you know Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes well Patrick Mahomes took his team to a Super Bowl and won so I think when it when it comes down to a last second decision you're you're gonna have to pick him over Lamar Jackson but Lamar Jackson's going to get some Super Bowls in his lifetime. He's talking about getting one next year. I think it's very possible. It is. But right now, I think Patrick Mahomes has that edge. He does. And eventually, once Bill O'Brien's gone from Houston or Watson leaves Houston, Watson will be in that decision finally too, to be made. But for now, personally, it's, yeah, it's Mahomes or it's Jackson, and it's going to be like that for a while. But Mahomes with the upper hand for sure. Agreed. So we are actually going to go to uh, Facebook and we're going to post this question. We are very interested in what you have to say about this subject. So please, after posting, whenever you see this, go on, comment, and start a nice discussion. That's very interested in your thoughts. Yes, and yeah, if you haven't yet, we do. We have a Facebook, and we have an Instagram live from the Living Room Sports, so be sure to give us a follow. Uh, we're starting to post on those social media platforms a lot more and with a lot of good questions and um, a lot of good information on there, so feel free to check those out and give us a follow. Also, want to take time out real quick before we continue to say that our page in a week has hit – 99 likes one away from that big hundred so thanks everyone who went on there and liked it and is following us and who is listening to this now and has been supporting us we really appreciate it yeah we do we really appreciate it and we look forward to um, producing future content for you guys and doing it consistently and um, yeah we're just excited to keep producing for you guys and have y'all listening uh, give y'all give us y'all's views on everything too as well so yeah um moving on now you wanted to talk about madden ratings yes yeah um let me you could talk a lot about madden ratings or you could sum it up oh we could have an episode on madden ratings. we could have a whole episode man <laughs> we're gonna every it. year i don't know <laughs> it if, is i don't know if many it's, of your listeners play madden <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a very popular game, and I think anyone who's in sports, they play Madden. And uh, so every year, of course, people get people get overrated and they get underrated. And so lots of players are upset about their rating. I mean, too many to name, honestly. I could go along the list. Probably be half the damn league. You know, um, shoot. You know, Watson, I mean, just the game off a couple. Watson and Jackson, those guys should have been higher. I mean, those guys should have been higher for sure. Yeah, Lamar Jackson was 93, and he won the MVP. Exactly. Watson, they let, what, 89 for Watson? He could have been up at least 93 or 94. Um, But, you know, hell, just do what Jalen Ramsey does. 
every year Jalen Ramsey says he puts himself in the 100 club anyways. It doesn't matter. So why doesn't every player just do that for themselves too? Make you feel better. I'm sure they do. And, you know, the only one who's probably really down about it the most is Aaron Rodgers. Just like what happened with Jordan Love, he probably started drinking again once he saw his rating. I'm not going to lie. But honestly, <laughs> I mean, that's – if the that's the the real sum up in my opinion of the Madden ratings. <laughs> Going back to what you said about the players making themselves join the the ninety nine club, you got to think that there's there's like a four year vet out there who's like a free agent rated a fifty five, <laughs> signs himself to a team ninety nine club like MVP. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone out there has to do that. I mean, I probably would if I was playing. To be honest, hey, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I would have the whole backstory and everything, like the whole comeback and everything, dude. He just wasn't the right system. The dude probably like started on some like blog just about it. (laughs) 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 So recently, a lot of NFL players have been announcing that they are opting out of this coming season, which really begs the question. Is the NFL still going to start on time, or is it going to be postponed? And maybe have the NFL reevaluate reevaluate how they're going to handle starting this season with all these players opting out. Um, a lot of notable names too, like quarterback uh, Matthew Stafford. Other players are sure to follow suit. So what do you think the NFL is going to do? More, more players are, are going to opt out. So how do you think the NFL needs to handle this moving forward, and do you think the season will be postponed? I think – well, I'm a big believer in football in general, moving it back to the spring. And um, personally, though, I don't think the NFL is going to do anything until more stars start to opt out until it really, really starts to affect the game in a huge way. You start losing the players who bring in the money, the players who bring in the viewers. Jersey balls. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's they're going to keep rolling with it until they start losing a huge number of stars. That's what I think. I think so, too. I think Roger Goodell is very money-minded uh, of many things that he is. So I, I think – like you said, they're they're going to continue going the way that they plan. I mean, players already started reporting to teams. Training camp's happening now. Um, they canceled the preseason, I think, in Goodell's mind and maybe the owner's mind. That's enough. I think that they've also seen what the financial impact has been on the MLB and the NBA, and we all know the NFL is all about money more so than those leagues. So I think until it really starts affecting them, uh, with the jersey sales and, and the players opting out, maybe some push from the NFLPA. I think as of now, the NFL is going to start on time, but we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Yeah, we will. I, I think, too, another thing to think about is keeping an eye on the MLB. MLB is already threatened about a shutdown. And if the MLB – I think if the MLB was to actually shut down, I think the NFL and – and NBA would also consider it as well. I really do. I agree. Yeah, for those. So, yeah, moving on um, to some notable position battles around the NFL to keep a lookout on. 
Um, starting it off with one I think is probably one of the most hyped ones is Patriots quarterback battle featuring Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, and, and Brian Hoyer. Just because we just got to name him, man. We just got to name him. You have to. Joe Brian's buddy. Technically, the the battle is open to all three quarterbacks, but we know where Brian Hoyer stands. Yeah, number one, man. Come on. So, Cam Newton versus Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> so, Cam Newton, the, I think the question is, will he be healthy? That That's the question that arguably led to him uh, being released by the Panthers. It's why no one traded for him. Um, they didn't want to release that draft stock or uh, player capital for Cam Newton if that giant injury bug question mark is, is on him. So, I think, you know, looking back, he was a 2015 MVP, was one of the best players. Obviously, he was an MVP, uh, one of the best players for a couple of years there. And then uh, after that Super Bowl, though, he started having a bit of a downturn. He had some subpar teams. Uh, in 2016, he was 21st in, in passing yards and 20th in touchdowns among quarterbacks. 2017, he was 18th in yards and 15th in touchdowns. And he missed – a lot of 18 and 19 due to injury. And so you can't really look at his stats there, but that, that's the, I think that's the question you have to look at is coming into the season, who, what Cam Newton are you getting? And I think it's why the Patriots gave him a one-year deal is they, they are giving him one year to, to, for him to answer that question. Are you getting 2015 Super Bowl MVP Cam? Or are you getting – 2018, 2019 injury riddled Cam, or did he come back from that injury and play like he did in 16 or 17? You know, is is his play Super Bowl never going to be the same? Um, so Cam has a year to answer that. And right now, I think the the Patriots have said multiple times that Jarrett Stidham is their guy, and uh, was the case before Cam. And I think Bill O'Brien's attitude has remained the same that they believe in Jarrett Stidham. He had a 63.6% completion percentage in college, 5,952 yards at Auburn with uh, 36 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. But as a Patriot, he has seen very limited playing time. He's only actually played in four passing snaps. He was two for four, 14 yards, one interception, and a rating of 18.8. So, little to no field playing time that's really impactful for him to be able to have that veteran experience that like Cam Newton does. I think that is another up for Cam Newton and another make for his case is he has veteran experience. He is still, in my opinion, a good quarterback. I think, I don't think he'll be 2015 Cam, but I think I, Still think he'll be good, and obviously, he's with Bill O'Brien, one one of the, one of the best coaches in NFL history. You mean Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick. Who did I say? Bill O'Brien. You talk too best. much about the Texans. <laughs> Man, come on now. Bill Belichick has Bill Belichick <laughs> for a coach, one of the best in NFL history. Or do the Patriots go against Bill Belichick's? typical views and tank for Trevor Lawrence that's a great question we'll find out <laughs> we'll have to battle Jacksonville for that one 
we'll see. I think if I think if they believe in Gardner Minshew, we'll see about that. But I think if Patriots lose four games in their in their first six or seven, I think it's tank for Trevor time. If they want to. I don't know. Bill Belichick's a mastermind. And like you said, I think <clears throat> personally to me with Cam, he's had majority of his last uh, season on the sideline. He's, he's rested up. He's healthy. He's had time to fully recover. And personally, I think you might see a little bit of a renewed Cam Newton. I don't know if he's going to give you MVP, but he, I think he'll be, you know, back to somewhat what he was. Jared Stidham, he's an unknown. And if they roll with Jared Stidham, I think, you know, it's there's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be kind of his rookie year, pretty much. And but think, they do. They do really like Stidham, from what I hear. And I think, too, that's that's all Cam has to prove. He doesn't have to prove that he is going to be 2015 MVP Cam. He has to prove that he can be a version, of a, a somewhat – decent version of can to be able to get that contract extension or, or a new, new better contract that's more financially in his favor. Um, I think that this is, this year is a lot to prove for him. A lot. He has a lot to prove to his doubters and this is a put up or shut up year for him. Definitely. It's definitely make or break for him. Uh, moving on to another position battle. How about the staying in the same division, the Miami Dolphins QB battle? Miami Dolphins, Miami <laughs> Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Tua Tagovailoa. Dang, you could actually say his last name. I, can't I can say actually his say his last I, I watched him. I, A&M played against him three times. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> what well, the – you know, There you go. <laughs> it too. I'm not, I'm not going to try to spell it or say it. <laughs> Tua. That's all right. Good old. Oh man, I don't know his number though. I think he's thirteen. I think he's he he's was, number one for Miami now. He's number one. I thought he was number six. He's number one for Miami. Number one, man. And number one in our hearts. Number one in their hearts. <laughs> hopeful little broken hearts. Miami. Hey, bro, you never know. They can make. They can make some. They can make some waves this year. No pun intended with them being the Dolphins' waves. But still. Ooh. <laughs> Miami Dolphins. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen, and Tua Tagovailoa. So, starting off with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you can say more than him about I can being a Texans fan. He had a little stint with the Texans, but he's a floating player. I think he he's a short-term fix. You know, he's at someone where we had a quarterback go down, we need him, you know, or maybe we we want to put a little bit of stock in a quarterback this year, but draft a quarterback or maybe have a veteran quarterback go in and mentor young QBs, I think is the extent of what he can do. No, I agree. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, the guy has what's called Fitz magic. That's what he, that's his nickname. That's what he got with Tampa Bay. But like in Tampa Bay is he's, he's going he's gonna to do what he's going to do every year. He's going to give you two, three games that are like, wow. He's going to give you the wow factor. After that, he's going to come down to being that backup quarterback. He's going to start throwing more interceptions, making more mistakes. That's all he is. He's a, he's a little stopgap guy. He's a guy who's going to give you three good games, and then, you know, you hope he can just get you over the hump for the next few games until, you you know, you have a starter come back or whoever 
the backup comes and takes over, you know. That's what Fitzpatrick is. Josh Rosen, Josh, okay, Josh Rosen hasn't actually been given the proper opportunity in the proper place, oh, if no. we're all being honest. Josh Rosen has had a, a really unlucky NFL career starting out. I think he needs to – I think he needs to be traded to a team that can maybe better appreciate and utilize him. But Patriots, like looking, no, (laughs) (laughs) looking at his timeline. So he comes in out of UCLA. He enters a 2018 draft. He's a first round pick, number ten by the Cardinals. Is upset that he fell to number ten. Tweets out that he says, "I'm gonna make nine teams that passed on me regret it." and has not delivered. He, a couple days or weeks after the draft, the Cardinals announced that they're bringing in Sam Bradford, and he's the week one starter. So Josh Rosen sits on the bench until week four. Um, They bring him in against the Seahawks. He finishes the game with 180 yards and a touchdown, uh, loses 20 to 17. Um, But he, he went on to start the rest of the season. He finished his rookie season with 2,278 yards, 11 touchdowns and 14 interceptions, not eye-popping stats. And then that that touchdown to interception ratio was a huge concern. Um, yes. Never want to have more interceptions than touchdowns. <laughs> uh, Cardinals finish 3-13. and 13. They went 3-10 and 10 with Rosen starting. Not a great team all around um, and not a good look for Josh Rosen. So Cardinals coach gets fired. And the Cardinals announced that Cliff Kingsbury is his new coach. And knowing his system, he, he likes those dual threat quarterbacks. And he said before the draft that if he was an NFL team, he would draft Kyler Murray number one. So what does he do? Drafts Kyler Murray number one in the, the draft and trades away Rosen to the Dolphins. Rosen goes to the Dolphins, doesn't start, sits to Fitzmagic. And uh, finally gets his start in week three against the Cowboys. Massively underperforms. Dolphins get blown out by the Cowboys. uh, And they try the Rosen experiment for a couple more games. Uh, But in week six against the Redskins during the third quarter, he's benched and only saw one quarter of football for the rest of 2019. So benched for Fitzmagic. I think Fitzpatrick is – uh, definitely the quarterback to be in Miami right now, uh, having that veteran experience, being the starting quarterback from last year, and and uh, he's going to be able to mentor Tua pretty well. And Tua's coming in. He was drafted number five out of Alabama. He led them to a national championship in 2017. Uh, he finished with a 22-2 and record as a starter. But injury has been a concern for him uh, at the end of last season whenever he went down with a hip injury, missed some time, and it was actually a concern before the NFL draft. Um, there are a couple teams that were kind of cautious about drafting him because of it. You know, uh, it's it could have been an injury similar to the one, uh, I believe it was Herschel Walker had that ended his career. So... That, that was definitely a concern. Dolphins tried to get uh, Tua into their medical facilities before the draft happened to be able to evaluate him. And they weren't because of shutdowns due to COVID. NFL put a ban on, uh, on players traveling um, for those reasons. So they 
took a gamble and ended up drafting him number five. And I think that they evaluated him recently, said that they are going to monitor it, but they think he'll be good to go. And I think if if that's the case, it's it's not really a matter of will to a play or will to a start. It's a matter of when. So be looking in the 2020 season uh, what time uh, two is going to start. Yep, I think he'll start about four or five games in, personally. <clears throat> that, gives, that gives them enough time to really get the system down and get going. I think that's their plan this year, really. I think it's to groom him along and have Fitzpatrick be the guy until uh, two is actually ready to go. And they'll make the switch when he's ready. Now, moving on to our last position battle. There's there's many position battles going all throughout the NFL. So we just selected our few ones. We could go on and on about position battles. There's a lot of good ones out there, but, you know, we picked our top few that we think is worth really watching and keeping an eye on. And our last one for the position battles is going to the Chargers, the quarterback battle there. You know, going back to another, you know, top quarterback picked in the draft this year and Justin Herbert going up against journeyman Tyrod Taylor, who. Um, you know, maybe he didn't get the right opportunities in Buffalo. Um, but what do you think going into with the Chargers? Tyrod Taylor versus Justin Herbert. Who do you think has the edge? Who do you think takes over for week one? Or when does Herbert make his appearance, if all, in this 2020 season? I think that question is when. Um, Tyrod Taylor, as you said, he's a journeyman. He's traveled. He's been around. Had subpar seasons with the Bills. I had a decent season with the Browns even. Uh, he, I, don't, I didn't think that he was a bad quarterback with them, and they had a history of bad quarterbacks the past 20 years. Um, so from what I heard, the Chargers are confident starting with him week one, and they want Herbert to learn. So I think that Herbert is their future and they're, they're going to want to get him in as soon as possible. I mean, um, something I heard on the radio the other day that these, these teams need to start looking at is when you get to the playoffs, you don't want an average quarterback. You're not winning a Super Bowl with an average or below average quarterback and, you know, having a good team. You, you have to have a good quarterback. You have to have a quarterback who can make those throws that has the it factor and that – has the ability to put the game on his back and and finish the drive and, and get the win uh, late in the fourth quarter, if need be. And I just don't think Tyron Taylor gives the Chargers that. I think Justin Herbert does, or that the Chargers think that he does. That's why they drafted him number six in the draft last year. But I think they want him to learn the system, get some experience, sit behind Tyrod Taylor for a couple games and maybe come in week eight, week nine, and uh, start making some waves and see what he can do. Maybe he can take them to the playoffs. Maybe he can take them further, but that's for them to really continue to evaluate. But I think uh, their day one starter is going to be Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, I think Tyrod's better than what people think. And personally, being with the Chargers right now and currently what they have, he has the best team around him that he's ever had. And so this is kind of make or break for Tyrod to really kind of turn things around for him. Um, I think he can do it. 
with who he has around. And um, I think Herbert sits out for the entire 2020 season. That's my that's my opinion. I think that's what's going to happen. But you know, barring bearing injury, fair with Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor has a good good season. I think that's true. I think that holds. But we'll see. Sounds good. Well, yep. that's all, all the time we had today. Again, thank you for listening, and thanks for going on Facebook and liking our page. Uh, so signing off. It's live from the living room. I'm Colton Countryman. And I'm Blake Anderson. Thanks for listening.